Thank you for listening to Comics for Fun, and probably this Island Drew and Eric with your sneak peek at next week, episode number 447. We're going to be talking about comics originally releasing March 21st, 2018. But before we get into what's coming out in your local comic shops this coming Wednesday, we got all kinds of stuff to talk about before we get into that, right, Drew? Oh, man. Um, we had some great feedback. Some of the stuff we didn't get to last week because um, it was a shorter show. Um, so we're going to, we're going to, take care of some of the the feedback this week and uh we appreciate everybody who took the time to send us an email comics for fun and profit at gmail.com or hit us up on twitter slash comics fun profit or facebook.com slash what is it kyle <laughs> comics for fun and profit is that what it I don't is know, marketing guy why don't these all have the I same title <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know it, it was a struggle it was a struggle. Anyway, you can find us. Uh, you can find all our links at comicsfunprofit.com. Um, but uh, we want to first thank Ruben Cintron, who sent us an email. Hey, are you familiar with pre-selling on eBay? I recently had a few posts removed due to the fact that I couldn't guarantee shipping within 30 days of the sale. Meanwhile, there are tons of pre-sale posts all over eBay, none of which guarantee shipping within 30 either. First time I'm pre-selling, just thought you might have more info. Hey, it happened to me too, Ruben. Uh, I was uh, pre-selling my sweet Del Auto uh, uh, of uh, Amazing Spider-Man 800, and the good folks at eBay yanked it down. So, um, Eric, you got a little more experience with that. What's the deal? Yeah, so one of the eBay selling policies that they have is that uh, when an item sells, it's supposed to ship within 30 days. However, like Ruben pointed out, there are tons of people that do pre-sales that go way out beyond the 30 days. Uh, we have stuff that gets yanked down because we'll put stuff up before then. And it's one of those things where uh, you get, I don't know, it's a somewhat threatening letter from eBay or, or a kind of a very terse wording uh, of that you can't do that and your seller portal or whatever could be suspended or put into... Uh, kind of a bad state or something. But what we basically do is uh, for, for items that we're pre-selling, which none of these things that we've put on special pricing, we are pre-selling. We, we don't have any of those out right now. Um, what we do is we kind of have it set so that if we're going to put something up and we get two of those notes, then we stop posting that stuff until we get within 30 days. Tons of other people do it. We don't know the full rhyme or reason as to how or why some of the groups seem to not uh, get yanked either as much or get yanked at all. But what we have figured out is that things that will trip the eBay auto sniffers are things like the words pre-sale and pre-sell um, and other pieces like that. So what we try and do is focus more on just saying what the content of the uh, item is. And certainly it's one of those things where you want to be honest and say, well, it's shipping on this date, but you know, just putting in wording to the effect of uh, we ship as soon as product is received or something similar to that. Now, most people that are buying comic books pre-ordered are going to understand that there's a date that they come out. Um, the other thing you can do is if an item sale, uh, sells, you can always follow up and send a note to the actual buyer and say, this book is due to be released on May 30th and I'll be shipping it out you know, within three or five business days from then, however it's going to be. So, uh, it's one of those things where it's a pain in the butt and everybody does it. The frustration is that there's some big outfits on there that have everything up there all the time as soon as previews is out and it doesn't seem like their stuff gets yanked. So 
Uh, you just kind of got to fight through it. And, you know, it's, I think some of the people that have taken advantage of our offer have done pretty well already on pre-selling the book. So it's one of those things where, you know, persistence reaps rewards. Now, do you think, um, would, would you recommend taking the word pre-sale out of it and then just, and just go in with the note afterwards? Oh, by the way, this isn't out right now. That would be kind of dangerous, wouldn't it, for your seller? Yeah, it could be. I mean, we, we tend to use pre-sale in there um, just because it's kind of that honesty thing. So we'll we'll say... Do you put it in the title or put it in the body description? We put it in the description usually. That's probably where I messed up. I put it in the title. Yeah. that's Yeah. So rookie mistake. Especially if you put the date inside it somewhere of when it's actually going to be on sale that's easy for them to catch and calculate 30 days because you have to remember that it's not they don't have a human or even a monkey that's sitting there reading every single <laughs> listing looking for it there's there's an algorithm that they're running that is you know checking how everything is is um, checking all the descriptions the titles things like that and looking for key phrases and words so you know being being thorough and complete with what the process is that you'll ship it as soon as it's available and stuff like that. Uh, any shipping terms you may have all those pieces, that's all good to have. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a luck of the draw. It's a weird thing. And we deal with it too, all the time. But, um, most likely you're not going to get kicked out of eBay if you do it a couple of times. No, our, like I said, we usually do it until we get two strikes and then we'll stop on that item. Um, we've never pushed it beyond that just because we don't know, but I have to imagine some people have pushed it a lot farther. Well, we hope, we hope that helps. So persistence is key and uh, keep trying and, and maybe uh, word it in the description as a presale and maybe don't put a specific date in there that can be calculated and then um, have a note saying you'll follow up with the purchase with the exact date of delivery or something like that, that so the, so the buyer knows what's going on. Um, and, and eBay's the eBay monkeys can't get you. Maybe, yep. maybe that's what, it, maybe that'll work. Rock Langua. I bet you that's not how you pronounce his last name, but I'm going to try it anyway. Rock Langua. Um, hello, Drew. Are you aware of this? I think it's very cool. And uh, I dropped the link in, to Skype for you guys. It is the new black label imprint for DC. So um, he's very excited about two new Batman series that sound very interesting, um, to say the least. Um, so yeah, we've all been kind of checking out these uh, these edgy and provocative DC black label imprints. Um, basically, they're going to be... is it, can you call it Elseworld stuff, you know, that's out of continuity for DC? Yeah. But it's going to be the main characters and telling stories that um, artists and, and writers want to tell without having to worry about um, any kind of repercussions. Yeah, I think it's kind of like the, well, it's kind of like Marvel Max, but not because Marvel Max was still, a lot of that was in continuity. Uh, but it takes off some of the shackles, and I think we might see a bit more... Uh, there's mature content in the mainline DC books in some instances, but I think, you know, like the, if you look at some of the stuff in Marvel Max, like Bendis's alias run, uh, which I actually just read, uh, was quite good. There, you know, there's frequent F-bombs and things like that, and I'm not saying that the whole point of this DC Black Label is to allow that, but I think that the writers are going to be a little more unrestrained to be able to go through what they want to do, and some of these stories are going to be... Uh, 
like you said, they're going to be out of continuity. They're going to be uh, maybe a, a an else world, a different world. Uh, it may just be something where it's kind of a, I don't know if it's going to be like a Jack Kirby where we kind of go into a fourth world type idea where they create their own universes. We'll see kind of how it goes, but I'm definitely excited about it. Yeah. We're just being free from event tie-ins, hopefully. What is it? Just being free from event tie-ins. Like these, hopefully, if they want to do something crossover-wise in Marvel proper or in DC proper, then you'll know you have a line of things that won't get sidetracked while we take everybody in one foul group off to do something. Yeah. Uh, Here's some of the titles, um, and tell me what you think. We've got Superman Year One from Frank Miller and John Romita. That sounds really good. Yeah. That sounds pretty darn good right off the bat. We've got Batman Last Night on Earth from Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Yes, probably going to be good. Batman Damned from Azzarello, Brian Azzarello and Lee Bermejo. Yeah, this one looks good to me. <laughs> we got Wonder Wonder Woman Historia, The Amazons, Kelly Sue DeConnick, and Phil Jimenez. I'd probably check that out. Wonder Woman Diana's Daughter is a working title from Greg Rucka and an artist to be announced, and Greg Rucka finds good artists, so that's probably going to be darn good. Uh, the Other History of DC Universe by John Ridley and an artist to be announced. Um, what is that about? That's Well, this one says that it's a literary series, so I don't know if that means it's going to be more like a light novel or what. A lot of, a lot of reading. A lot of, Words a lot of book is... reading. Well, I don't know about that. Well, that one, that one, that one might be the one that uh, I don't. But those other ones all sound really good, and um, uh, I'm in. So, uh, thank you, Rock, for that. Uh, we'll we'll definitely be checking that out. He also wants to thank us for the shout out on the last podcast. Uh, the last show was, and he's talking about the sh- the last show Eric was on. Um, what can I say? Very. The last show was, what can I say, very complete and instructive. Almost two hours. It's always interesting to have Mike from Cowabunga on your podcast. <laughs> well, it's call, Eric. You call me whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> um, he, he also asked us about um, if we were ever, if we had ever purchased any of these 10, uh, let me drop these in here real quick. They're... Uh, or oh, these the ten signs, the ten cover collection. Yeah, uh, he he was ta- he was specifically looking at one that was a Superman cover, and it looks like DC's going to have a series of these coming out. Um, they retail for ten bucks, I believe. Um, of course, Cowbunga has an, uh, has a discount for you if you go through them, um, and he he's not even sure how what the size of them if they're the, the size, size of a comic book, and. Um, if, the, if there's like a limited print run, uh, he, he wasn't sure about that. His, and he also was wondering if they would ever have any value long term uh, for investments. Um, he's thinking he's going to buy them either way for a nice decoration and to put on his on his walls of his comic room. Um, but uh, do you know anything about these? Have they done these before? I, I don't know if I've seen them or not. So I... I know that plenty of other uh, groups have licensed both DC and Marvel images and made the tin signs. Now, I'm looking actually at the diamond here. I can I can show y'all's. Uh, I'm looking at the diamond site right now, and 
it is not giving me any dimensions. Sometimes they give us dimensions on products, sometimes they don't. So I'm not 100% sure what it looks like uh, as far as size goes. The covers obviously are cool. Like I th- the Superman one, I think he's alluding to is the death of Superman. And then the Batman one was a hush cover. Um, They're full color? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was thinking they'd be like metallic versions of them that... Well, that's kind of neat too. I think they're more like a matte finish. Um, they're yeah, they're pretty cool. Uh, a lot of the ones that I've seen have been kind of in the uh, what's the normal size? Like not the size of a comic book art page, a little bit smaller. So I don't know if that's like a fourteen by ten or something like that. Um, okay. So that that tends to be the size that I see them at the most. Being that they're nine ninety five uh, retail price, that's that's to me pretty cheap because a lot of these you see are like 15 20 bucks so they could be a little bit smaller um i don't have exact dimensions on it unfortunately i'm sorry but uh yeah i think they're cool as far as collector's items um i don't i'm gonna hedge my bet to say no they're not going to be something that you would maybe want to spec on Uh, i think that they're cool items but because they're you know, just printed facsimiles on, on tin covers. I don't think that it's something that you're going to see a big spike in, um, in value of now on top of that, these are not being done directly by DC or, uh, they're just licensed to Eagle Moss who creates a lot of the small figures and stuff like that. Really, uh, high detailed figures. But, uh, the, the, so the Eagle Moss company has, uh, usually, prints a good amount of their products so if they get pre-orders for five thousand they may print ten thousand um some of the eagle moss products sell out right away but most of their products they're uh available in stock for a decent amount of time um actually while i'm talking i can try and pull this up and what they'll end up doing is they will put stuff on liquidation and it's kind of a hit or miss, and I don't know if you guys can still see my screen, but here's an example of something. It's a Star Trek starship um, that has gone up on the liquidation list because it's been there for almost a year now. Uh, so we see a fair number of Eagle Moss things that come through. I think at $10, if you like the cover, you know, and if, if you're buying it through us, it'd be a little bit cheaper. But uh, I think it's definitely something worth picking up because at $10, that's better than any uh, con dealer that you're going to see or Hot oh, Topic yeah. or Spencer's or whatever. So just from a value right there, it's definitely worth it. Um, but I also would say if you're feeling a pinch on the dollars and you are saying, well, I hope I get one. I don't want to miss out. You'll probably have a couple of months on these if you wanted to um, you know, wait a month and then pick one up next month when money isn't quite as tight, if you're getting a lot of books, that kind of thing. So uh, that's about the best that I can offer on that front. Yeah, I think I've got a couple of the Marvel, a couple Marvel tins, but I think those were through uh, Hobby Lobby or something like that, but they're the exact right, right. of Hulk 181 and... and uh, Amazing Fantasy 15, and they're just slightly larger than a, than an actual comic. Right. Yeah, yeah. I've, I have some of those that are wooden on my wall, but I don't have any anything that's metal. So that's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, is it Dark Knight's metal? No, it is not. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Wade Ledden asks, uh, C4FAP, since Super <laughs> Sons... Since Super Sons rated T is coming to an end and being replaced with an E-rated version in the fall, should we be holding on to our complete runs for big money later once the kids reading the new version, Volume 2, grow up and become nostalgic? 
or should we be ditching them for whatever we can get for them? The number seven B cover is one of my favorites of all time. Let me know what you think. I try not to miss a, sh a show and keep up the work. Oh, and P.S., just switched over to Cowabunga for my internet comics orders. All right, Wade. Hey, welcome aboard, yeah. buddy. <laughs> um, so what do we think about Super Sons? I, I, it's, it's one of my favorite reads each and every month. I, lo I love it. Um, so I'll probably keep mine um, just because it'll be a, it, it's a really nice read, and, I, and then I'll wait for a something else to happen to spike it to something where I sell it and then re instantly regret it. So <laughs> I, I'm going to keep mine for a while. But that's just me because I, I loved reading it so much. Uh, I want to keep it in my collection. What about you guys? I like the characters enough that I, I'm holding on to a lot of that run. I, I think I like to keep, for the most part, the complete run. Same thing with my... Uh, I, I have half a dozen copies of the uh, Superman 10 cover that uh, has all them on it that I really like. Um, I, I might, you know... Price is right, I'll fire a few of those off, but I always want to keep at least one or two of that as well. But I think I think they're doing neat things with these characters. I'm curious what the future really holds for them, especially with Damien's lineage, lineage up in the air a bit. So uh, I, I think there's more to these characters, and you're going to want to be able to hold on to kind of the first go-run of them. Yeah, on, on my side, um, I, don't, I don't have these in my collection. I think that it's going to be a fun series to keep. However, I don't know what the uh, what the long term looks like on it because when you think about where the value sits, it's usually in the realm of um, first appearances, key moments, things like that. And I don't know as if this run has really had a lot of those in it. So from that standpoint, I don't think the value is super high. But uh, you know, this is a run that a lot of people, you guys, I think, are included in that that have kind of a more of a, almost a sentimental attachment like I do with my Dan Slott Silver Surfer books. You yeah. know, those are yeah. some of my favorite Silver Surfer stories, and uh, especially of recent time. Is there a lot of you know value built into those and some first appearances and stuff? No, but there's just quality writing, quality art, and it's something that I really, really like. And it's something that could turn to be um, a run that people seek out as a quality run in the future. So maybe instead of getting cover price for the run, maybe you're getting 15 or 20 bucks more than cover price for the whole run. Um, you know, or it could be a situation where it's, it just, it just stays where it is. So I, I think it's a quality run that if you like it, keep it. Um, but I don't think that it's something that's going to triple in value. Now the first appearances of Jonathan aren't in Super Sons, are, are they in... Um... Convergence. That's in your weird Convergence that was awful. Uh, Superman Convergence number two is, I believe, his first appearance. And then at the beginning of the Lois and... Or at the end of the Lois and Clark book is him as kind of Pat with powers or with his, his essential his suit on, I believe. I right. That would be the Convergence Superman number two. So that's like the cameo, and then the first full appearance would be that uh, actual issue of Superman? Well, the mm -hmm. Convergence has the actual birth of Jonathan Kent, so you have the character, you know, his origin, and then him as a super son has a different issue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, um, I don't think I have that. I probably should try to look that up. Mm. 
I'm not, like you can buy now, uh, like the first fourteen or fifteen Super Suns. I'm seeing a couple of ending listings for like forty bucks. So, um, as it's ending, people aren't dumping it yet. The market's not flooded with them. But it, it, you know, as of now, it's you can still grab it for a fairly good price. It looks like. Yeah, and it looks like that first appearance of Jonathan Kent is going right now. I'm seeing a bunch of listings for sale around fifteen bucks a copy. Um. And that was in quarter boxes <laughs> not that long ago. That's like anywhere from 10 to 15 bucks, depending on what you're getting. It's Convergence Superman number two. Yeah. Um, Michael Lamb says, hope you guys ordered multiple copies of Amazing Spider-Man 798. Rumor is this will be the first full appearance of Red Goblin. Tis not a rumor. Marvel has Tis- confirmed. That is that is confirmed, yes, and uh, we're excited about that. Um, uh, and we're not the only ones that are excited about it. Uh, in fact, it is going to sell in the neighborhood of 250,000 copies. So we were hoping that um, we would be the smart guys that got some extra multiples, but I think everybody's trying to get multiples of this, uh, like maybe like a thinking it's a first Deadpool or something, and um, there's going to be a lot of them. Uh, I don't know if 250,000 historically is a lot, but it's a lot from recent history. Uh, You got any more insight on that? People excited about it up in your shop? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where we knew that it was going to be... Each one of these ASM books has sold out instantly, so we've been slowly upping our orders, and this one we just happened to luckily really up our order on. Uh, so that was, I, I'm going to say, calculated sheer luck on our part. Yeah. Um, so that's great. It's one of those things where 250,000 copies today, in today's market, yeah, that's a lot. But historically, you look at what's out there, um, You know, things like New Mutants 98, I want to say that was in the multiple hundreds of thousands uh, sold. So, I mean, it's one of those items where... I think it's it's still going to be hot. It's going to be a hot thing. It's Dan Slot. I mean, it's I don't know. I'm excited for it. I know a lot of other folks are too. Yep. Uh, he also says he's loving the Young Guns variant for 7.98 as well, which is still available for cover price, but most online retailers are selling out quickly. And this is the one. Well, all these Young Gun variants, the prices are all over the place down here in our neck of the woods. You know. Some people have them on the racks, and some people uh, are selling them for $30. Um, what is the real true value of the Young Guns variants? Do you have a clue on that? Yeah, I, I can tell you exactly how much we pay for them. <laughs> <laughs> Zero. Um, these are incentive variants that Marvel has given to every retailer, and I I don't know why. Um, there was definitely a lot of frustration with Marvel especially in the lead up to legacy and kind of the falling flat that legacy came out of the gates with, but boy, has it amped up in the last few months. Uh, and so long, long ago, we got notes that, uh, we'd be getting free variants from Marvel and nobody knew what they were. And it turned out to be these young gun virgin variants. Uh, typically they, they retail before the books come out. They're usually anywhere from 10 to 20 bucks. 
um, especially if the cover is available. If the cover's not available, then they kind of they're quiet. Some of them, when like when they first came out, I think the X twenty three one at one point I sold a I saw a sold listing for eighty bucks for it. Um, so I mean, it's one of those things where they're kind of all over the map. I think it depends on the cover artist. It definitely depends on the cover character. So right now, yeah, these seven ninety eights are anywhere from eight to ten, twelve bucks on eBay right now, and um, I it's kind of a cool cover. I will admit that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they are very cool. Um, and then the but okay, so there are there are young gun variants, and then there are young gun virgin variants which are the free retailers is that is that correct right the virgin ones are the ones that carry the real money the uh the regular ones are just they don't usually go for much more than cover but nice Hmm. uh aaron carson says i freaking love your podcast have been listening for a while now and look forward to it as i'm driving my tanker truck down the road very cool uh, had a question for you fellows. I heard you speaking with Cowabunga Comics and their offer of the Del Auto ASM 800 along with a cover A. I've never ordered from them, but would love to take them up on the offer, but I'm not sure where to order. Do you think you have a link or information? Keep up the awesome show, guys. I'll be hearing from you soon. Thanks. Well, I have just a person to ask exactly <laughs> how to do that, Aaron. Um, it's Eric here. And he can go. He can go over some of the deals he has, uh, best ways to reach him, and I think, and kind of go over the kind of the deadline for ordering this stuff. Um, you heard me go through it last week, um, and now now you hear it straight from the horse's mouth this time. Yeah. So um, the easiest way to do it is to well, we actually talked to Aaron. We're all good to go with him. But basically, the easiest way to do it right now is to hit us up on Facebook. So facebook.com slash Incredicow or just search for us, Cowabunga Comics. Or you can email us, orders at Cowabunga Comics. Of course, that's with a K. Uh, but yes, we understand. We know that some people are looking for a website to go to, a web page to go to. And I will be completely open and honest with you. Um, when we have done pre-sales of these covers, we've traditionally done them in store to our subscribers or uh, we've done some on eBay. This is the first time that we've really opened it up this wide and the response has been absolutely amazing, unbelievable. I mean, we know that the books that we're offering with these special prices for uh, for listeners of this podcast, we know that our prices are really beating the market essentially in every aspect. And um, we know that a lot of you are excited to get in on it. And we're just so thrilled by that. The honest to good tr- goodness truth is that uh, we've also started up a mail order comics uh, component to things like similar to a DCBS or Midtown. Uh, however, we started it knowing that it was going to be essentially a proof of concept to begin with to make sure like, hey, is this a viable thing? And that has proven true. Yes, we've expanded it. So it's no longer a proof of concept. It is an actual fully fledged item that's uh, that's rocking through our business every month now. I think we're up to a little over a dozen subscribers, which is fantastic. And we do know that on the horizon, we have to have a website put out there. We do not right now. Uh, there's a lot of money that goes into creating the website, and we wanted to make sure that this component of our business model was going to going to take off before we invested in it. So um, it is on our horizon that we're going to have an ordering website put out there. 
but there are also a couple of other things that are going on with our business that are really exciting and awesome that are kind of delaying our start on this website just a bit. And for that, you're going to want to listen to the next uh, episode of the Cowcast, which, yes, will be coming out hopefully in the next week or so. Hey, uh, we've right. got, yeah, we've got a couple of things lined up. We've had some busy months and we'll talk about why we were so busy and what's going to be coming up in front of us. But uh, anyway, so for those books, if you are interested in it, just shoot us a message on Facebook. Either James or I'll respond. You can shoot us that email. You can do orders at Cowbunga Comics. You can do Eric at ending with a C at Cowbunga Comics with a K, just to make sure some people put a K or C the other way around. Uh, but E-R-I-C at CowbungaComics.com. Either one of those essentially will find me, and I will be more than happy to walk through everything with you. Um, the prices are locked in and good. We're going to take pre-orders all the way up through essentially March 26th. Now, the reason that I say that, even though these books are just going for initial order, is that when we hit the initial order, we just want to have a good sense of where we are. There's a chance that we'll probably still have some variants available. So if you're listening to this after the 26th of March, or you re-listen to it, or you don't know if you can't afford or want to buy the variants until after the 26th, you can still reach out to us. Chances are we'll be able to have a couple still on hand and we'll work with you and get you that same pricing. Um, but for the main order, we want to try and get everything in by the 26th. That's great. Um, I will tell you that the order form is really cool, very interactive. It's it's well-designed, sortable, um, easy, to, easy to fill out and send uh, to Eric and awesome on price breakdowns and stuff. So, um, it may not be a website yet, but it, it's really, really easy to do. And to, if you want to move port all your, your orders over there already, that's great. Um, but you want to go over all the variants that you have to offer again for us, Eric. Absolutely. March is big for you guys. <laughs> it is. March is huge for us, which is kind of fun. This is, uh, the, the month that's definitely had the most variants that we're going into. So, um, that is pretty exciting. So what I will, let's see, let's start alphabetically. We'll go with Avengers. So we have Avengers number one. There is a Ribic variant and a McGinnis variant. Now the Ribic is, I want to say a one in 50 and the McGinnis Virgin is a one in 100. Uh, so those are pretty easy. 50 bucks for the Ribic variant and a hundred bucks for the McGinnis Virgin. Next we have an Avengers number two. Marquez variant and an Avengers 2 McGinnis Virgin variant again. Uh, the Virgin variant uh, is again a 1 in 100, so a Guinness, McGinnis Virgin, and that is $75. And then the Marquez variant is, I'm going to just double check really quick to make sure I don't say the wrong thing, it is a 1 in 25 variant, and that one is 20 bucks. So Avengers 1, you got a $50 1 in 50, a $100 1 in 100, Avengers 2, a $20 1 in 25, and a $75 1 in 100. Next up, we have the Black Panther books. Uh, so we have a uh, Black Panther number one is launching, and we've got, I think, four or five. We have a 1 in 10, uh, which is a Yasmin Putri variant cover. That one is 10 bucks. We have the Inhyuk Lee variant, which is my one of my favorite variants right now that's out there for $20, and that is a 1 in 25 variant. We have the Art Germ Virgin. So the Art Germ variant, or the Art Germ cover is the main A cover for the book, if I remember correctly, and the Virgin is a 1 in 100. That one is uh, $125. And then we have 
the two big ones, which are the Kirby Remastered and the Kirby Remastered Black and White. The Kirby Remastered Color is going to be a 1 in 500, and that one is $450. And the Kirby Black and White is a 1 in 1,000, that's $850. Now those are pretty well below any of the pricing that you're going to find on any of the major online uh, retailers. In fact, just because I want to, I'm going to look up. The Kirby Color is $1,000 on DCBS, and we've got it at $450. That gives you any... That's Any hint awesome. of, of where we're at with things. So uh, the black and white they've got for two grand, we've got for eight fifty. So if that gets you excited. Uh, and then there is one other Black Panther variant that's the uh, Olivier Coipel variant. That one is sitting at a one in fifty, and the price on that guy is fifty bucks. Now, I will say this, if you jump in on one of those one in five hundreds or one in one thousands and you want to pick up some of those smaller variants along the way, we'll probably knock a few bucks off to help you out because those big ones are big ones to get. Yeah. So um let's jump to the next one. The next one is Venom number one. We have looks like five variants on that one. And uh, where do we start? Let's start here. Let's start with the Rivera variant. The Rivera is a one in twenty five Apollo Rivera. And that one is 20 bucks. Next, we have the J. Scott Campbell, which is one of the hotter variants out there for the Venom book right now. Uh, that one is a 1 in 50. We have it at $80. And then we've got... I think got... I saw the cover on that one, too. Man, it looks good. Yeah. That... Or, yeah. Yeah, the J. Scott Campbell cover... Well, no. Actually, no. The J. Scott Campbell cover has not been shown yet. The one I think you are... It was the Domino th- cover for his that I saw. That's right. Yes, the Domino, but the Stegman variant has been shown, if I recall correctly. I'm going to double-check to make sure. I think the Stegman's out there, and that one's cool. That's a 1 in 100 cover. Uh, it's a virgin of the A cover. It's 85 bucks for that one. And then we've got the two really big ones are the McFarlane uh, Remastered and the McFarlane Remastered Black and White. So similar to the Kirby's, you've got the Color Remasters, a 1 in 500, and that's 500 bucks. And the 1 in 1,000 Black and White Remastered is $1,000. And for comparison, the uh, McFarlane Remastered Color on DCBS is 1000 so we're 50%. Awesome. So that hits up Venom, and then our good old friendly uh, Peter Parker, our Amazing Spider-Man 800. So we've got the Delato 1 in 25. That one's 70 bucks. That's the one that uh, everybody's really getting jazzed about. We've got the Delato Virgin. That one is a 1 in 200. That's $400. Then there is the Alex Ross Virgin, which is the Virgin cover of the, uh, the Virgin version of the A cover. It's a 1 in 500 for 500 bucks. And then we have the Color Remastered. One in five hundred is five hundred dollars, and the black and white remastered is is a thousand dollars for the one in one thousand. Those two do not have cover artists yet named for the remastered cover, so we're not sure yet which cover that's going to be. But um, again, our prices are out there, and if that's the kind of the pool you want to dig deep into, just uh, as a comparison, the colored remastered, the one in five hundred, is going for two thousand on DCBS, and we're at five hundred. Not even in the same ballpark. Nope. That's awesome. Well, hopefully that answers all your questions and Eric kind of encapsulated. Oh, one one thing. No matter what you – any of these variants that you order, you get a free cover A. So Absolutely. A bonus reader copy for you so you can um, put this in a top loader, stick it on the wall or whatever, and not have to uh, to crack it. You, you'll, you have a cover A so you can you can read to your heart's content. 
and uh, that's that's nice. That's a nice little value add that uh, we appreciate. Yeah, we're gonna have a few of them laying around. It just made sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So let's get back to the show then. And uh, there's tons of stuff going on. Um, we had we're curious about uh, how you store your comics, Eric, and. Uh, I'd like to have a little conversation about that. If you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, I know that this kind of came up uh, before we were recording, and it, the only reason that came up from on my end is because I've I've decided that I am completely changing how I'm organizing my personal comics. I used to do it by publisher and then by series, and I've just gotten to the point where I I don't read in a uh well i'm behind in my reading as most of us are and on top of mm-hmm. that my titles are just all mix and match so i've decided that what i'm doing to change it is i'm just going to straight alphabetical and then uh you know for things like batman i'm just doing it by volume so volume one and then the new 52 uh and then even though rebirth for detective is back to volume one i'm keeping it separate so um I was just kind of curious what you guys do. For me, I've just decided enough's enough. I need to have a little bit more organization. So if I'm going to read a couple of issues, I can go alphabetically, find where it goes, and drop it in. That's an awesome way to do it. Um, And ideally, I have mine by publisher and by series and then numerically. Uh, I'm not... I've, I've gotten a little out of hand recently, and now they are by month <laughs> that I received them in a box <laughs> and they're not, and I have to flip through the entire box to find anything. Cause I haven't organized them at all. Um, but ideally I, yeah, I go by publisher then by series and then, um, by, uh, the numerically, of course, after that, Kyle, you're probably the same. I'm guessing. Yep. Publisher. And then alphabetical by series and then chronologically by number. Yeah. So I've also started doing one other thing, which I'm, I'm actually pretty happy I did, and I'm going to keep doing it. It was kind of a test at first. So, like, you know how you get the runs that are done, and you're not ready to get rid of them, but you don't want to have to flip through, like, 12 issues or something. Uh, let's say uh, The Fade Out by Brubaker. That's a great right. example. So I'm not getting rid of that run. But I don't want to have to go through 12 issues just to get to the end of it to find the next thing. So what I did was I got some uh, magazine size BCW bags. And I'm putting the runs or like for Revival. My Revival run I've broken up by what's in the trade. So like 1 through 6, 7 through 12, 13 through 20 or however they did it. And I'm putting those in magazine bags and taping those shut. So now I have like these thicker chunks that I can go through a lot easier. Yeah. As I'm filing things, I'm finding that to make me very happy. And it also, yeah, it's it, it, it's a sense of accomplishment and completion. And then it also, if you sell it, it's really easy to just grab that out and and wrap it up and boom, uh, put it put it in for shipping. So that's 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 a, an added value there too. So that's a good idea. I need to get a stack of those magazine bags. Well, I happen to know a guy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, I've, I've, uh, I started doing that, and actually, the reason I started doing it in the first place was the, uh, the button crossover. I had the, the four issues, and I'm like, well, I put this with Batman. I I put it with Flash. I don't want to separate them. 
And so I was like, oh, I'll just put them in a magazine bag, and then they're all together. And I did that, and I was kind of like, oh, I, I like this. So then yeah. I did that with a few other things, and it just kind of spun out from there, and I'm pretty okay with it. Is the is the dozen, a dozen issues about the max you can fit in a magazine bag? Uh, yeah, I think that's about that's about bursting at the seams. I'm trying to, to stick more to like the um, whatever the trades are if you get a collected edition, because I feel like that's a pretty a pretty good breakdown of of uh, of books. It just makes sense. Like if you're gonna sell it, you're gonna sell it probably in those same runs because they're usually a story arc. Yeah. So that's what I did. And then I have like there's certain books where I'll get every cover that comes out, like the uh, the proposal. I got one of each, the first, second, third, and fourth prints. So I just put those all into one bag and have them together. There was a fourth print of the proposal. Yes. Hmm. Same cover, just like uh. Yeah, I think it was like a really, really deep red, if I remember correctly. Shoot, I've got one, two, and three. Hmm. How many fourth printings you got up there? Uh, I don't <laughs> know if we've got any. Yeah, let me see. Be, might be long gone. Yeah, there was a fourth printing. It was a super deep red. Neat. I gotta pay attention to the sneak peek at next week that we do. Oh, that's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. I'll keep my eye out for that. Um, Kyle, I, I hate to tell you this, um, but your boy, James Tinney the Fourth, is what? leaving Detective. What? Yep, this is his last arc. Um, it's six-issue arc. And um, then my boy, Brian Edward Hill, who did the Postal oh, Run. The second half uh, of the Postal Run, not the beginning, he's right? T- well, I think he started scripting with okay, Matt Hawkins that makes at the beginning, sense. and then and then took over solo. Um, but yeah, he's taking over for two issues that we know of, and I don't know how long his run will be, uh, or what the plans are for Detective long term. Uh, I don't know, Eric. You have any inside dope on what what the future of Detective holds? I don't. I, I do not, and I. I, I like James <laughs> Tinney the Fourth as well, so I'm I'm kind of hoping that he stays with the DC family and that he doesn't get too far away. Um, but we'll see. Uh, I think personally yeah, for I, me, I've liked his stuff. Yeah, he will because I'm sure Scott Snyder's got it written to his contract that he has to write five Ouch. or six books because oh, it's his boy. Yeah, well, they uh, actually I kind of talked to James a little bit about that one of the times that we were able to meet up and. Uh, he was saying that Scott was actually his uh, one of his teachers while he was in college. Uh, yeah. He took a writing class with Scott, and they just kind of hit it off while he was in class, and things kind of spun from there. And it it was one of those things where uh, it went from teacher student to more of an instantaneous uh, connection of co-writer and scripter, and they kind of see things the same way. So it was kind of interesting how that all worked. And then the real fun story about all this is that my father-in-law taught physics to James in high <laughs> cool. school. That is very interesting. Wow. Yep. I think also in that writing class was Marguerite Bennett. Who's, she's also a disciple, and she talks about um, it was either the writing class or like the the workshop that Snyder did as uh, for new writers on DC. But she went through that, and now she's getting more and more DC work out of it. So, yep, it pays to be friends with Scott Snyder. <laughs> and who'd have known before New Fifty Two? There you go. Um, 
Well, he was writing Detective, right? And it was a well-received yep. Detective run, wasn't it? Before he, New 52? He was. I, I think it's safe to say that New 52 Batman really put him on the map. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know how familiar you guys are with the New Gods, Kirby's New Gods, but they're going, they've greenlit a, a movie uh, directed by uh, Ava DuVernay, who directed uh, that Wrinkle in Time stinker that, that's not doing too well. Um but uh, are you familiar with New Gods, and is anybody excited about this movie? Well, I think anytime Jack Kirby's work is going to get more attention, it's a cause for, for excitement. Um, clearly one of the greatest creators of all time in comics, and you know his, his fourth world, which had the New Gods in it, was kind of his magnum opus, and uh, I, I'm I'm excited to see what comes out of it. Hopefully it's better than A Wrinkle okay. in Time. <laughs> but, now, uh, was Mr. Miracle... A new god? Is that where he came from? I th- yeah, I think it, it came out of the... F- I'll have to admit, that's one that I get a little bit lost in continuity yeah. with, uh, but let me just do this. I'll try and get confirmation for you. Because I think Mr. the Mr. Miracle um, Tom King that I'm reading right now is probably the first new gods I've ever read, if it is yep. connected. I think it's some kind of tangential connection to the was it Fourth World? Is that what the deal is? I've, I've yep. kind of missed out on that whole section of of comic history. Yeah, and, uh, it's the, the Fourth World. It. Yeah. So it, it has a potential to be amazing, um, and uh, I'm curious about it. And I'm curious about you know having a new a new director at the helm. I like the, like that idea. And I like the visual look of Wrinkle in Time. It just doesn't seem to be doing that well in the box office. And that doesn't mean it's not a great directorial um, effort. I don't, I don't know. I haven't heard it. I haven't really seen any reviews either, so I can't really see I mean, they got to try something. Nothing's uh, working, so let's try New Gods. Why not? Well, I mean, if if by nothing's working, you mean it's not doing a. They're not doing a billion dollars worldwide. They're only doing six hundred thousand worldwide. I, I guess that's okay, but I mean, still, they're still doing okay. Are they? But yeah, critic critically, they're not as well received. Yeah. I get it. But and I mean, we're gonna get into dark side mostly here. Is probably the most exciting part of this, isn't it? Is that what is that come out of New Gods? Yeah, that's 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 in my opinion what I'm looking for yep. the most. It's essentially DC's answer to Thanos. So, or or I believe Thanos Correct. is actually Marvel's answer to Darkseid or Verse Vice or whatever it is. But I mean, when you when you say New Gods and you say New, I think I immediately think Darkseid. Since DC came first, I always assume Marvel stole from DC. <laughs> and uh, historically, I think the timelines line up that that way, that Marvel has always stolen ideas from DC and and made their versions of uh, one of DC's characters or DC's events or whatever. Um, pretty sure that's how it goes. Uh, there's some corporate espionage going or whatever and um, or imitation, whatever however right. You know however you want to go for it, but, um, but so I, my, I, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. 
I was going to say, so my initial spitting and sputtering about uh, Mr. Miracle was to confirm that all the Mr. Miracle run is contained in the Jack Kirby Fourth World Omnibus that came out. It's 1,500 pages. It's actually sitting on the bookshelf to my left, but it does have all of the uh, Mr. Miracle and the New Gods stuff in it. So that's all contained, in, plus other components as well. But that was what my... my uh, well, I want to make sure I'm right before I say it, but yes, that's all contained yeah, so in the Omnibus. Steppenwolf, Darkseid, Orion, Highfather, Mr. Miracle, Metron, Parademon, Infinity Man, yes. the Forever People. There you go. Oh, Doomsday. They're giving Doomsday credit for being in this world. Okay. But maybe not. There you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's let's let, let's let, let's stop talking about what we don't know. So you have a you have an omnibus you haven't um, read. I'm guessing. I've read uh, pockets of the stories that are within it, but I have not read this whole thing. Uh, it's only 1,500 pages. I don't know what you're doing with your time. I don't know what's holding me back. I mean, it's barely <laughs> even. It's it's not dense at all. <laughs> no, I I got it in December when it came out, and it's uh, sadly just sat on the shelf, longing. I mean, along with the other thirty omnibus that I have, looking at me, uh, fifteen hundred pages. That's a monster. Um, we've got DC and Hanna Barbera crossovers again, so we've got a new batch of these crossovers. Uh, I guess the last ones did well enough, um, and uh, this batch is. What is this batch going to be? I had it right here, and now I've lost it. Uh, we've got Black Lightning and Hong Kong Fooey by Brian Hill, Dennis Cowan, and Bill Sienkiewicz, with a backup um, by Parker and Collins, featuring pre-demon Jason Blood and the Funky Phantom. Does For you younger guys, do any of those characters sound <laughs> familiar to you after Black Lightning? Nope. <laughs> we have we have an Aquaman and Jabberjaw special by Dan, Dan Ebnett, Paul Pelletier, and Andrew Hennessy with a backup by Jeff Parker and Scott Collins featuring Captain Caveman. Now, do you remember Captain Caveman? Either one of you? Nope. Am I, well, nope. Myself. Captain Cave. You don't remember that? Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm old. Um, the uh, features Captain Caveman, the Spectre, and the Wizard Shazam. Uh, we well, also have we all know Flash. Shazam. Yeah, you know Shazam. Uh, the Flash with Speed Buggy uh, special was by Scott Lobdell, Brett Booth, and Norm Rapman. Um, and uh, about Speed Buggy, you guys familiar with Speed Buggy? Yes, Speed Buggy. Remember? Okay, good. And Super Sons and Dynamut special by T- Peter Tomasi. Um, so, uh, you know, Dynamut? I do. All right. So we, okay. So, okay. I'm, uh, so I'm not that ancient. You remember some of the same things that I do from a long, long time ago. Not to make you but, feel ancient, but I'm pretty sure I remember them from a second run as opposed to you on the first run. I, I don't know. I may have seen them in reruns. <laughs> you don't, you don't know that. <laughs> you don't know exactly, exactly when I, when I saw them. Um, but we had, we had, we enjoyed, I think the, um, the first ver- first set of these, not as much as like the the, the Batman or the uh, the DC Looney Tunes. I think those were a little more successful than the first run of Hanna Barbera, weren't they? Uh, that that had uh, more fud, right? I think yeah. I think the Bat Fud was definitely the best received out of all of those. But uh, there was some there was some good 
crossover work with uh, Hanna-Barbera the first time that people liked. I think I think with all of these, it's kind of a pocket audience thing, and it's it's you're hitting a certain age bracket, you're hitting a certain sensibility, um, and then on top of that, you know, there's certain factors that you want to take into account, like who the writer is. If you want to sample but you're not sure, you know, Dan Abnett is always a lock for great writing, so that Aquaman Jabberjaw might be a good one for someone to try out. Um, it's just one of those things where it's, I think they're trying to hit a certain audience. And I also don't know if part of the Hanna-Barbera license uh, being retained means that there's a certain publication amount. And I think that if that's the case, part of it could be that how do you sell Hanna-Barbera properties? Well, sometimes you need to kind of beef it up and add something a little bit more substantial. So the mainline DC universe characters are going to do that. Now, the Bat Fudd special was something that everybody was kind of leery about. And I don't know if it had ended up with two or three printings, but it was one of those things where it took everyone by surprise. And there's, I guarantee in one of these, there's going to be a sleeper surprise. That's just going to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, but they're four ninety nine, So are you going to take a chance on all of them? If you're not, if you're not really connected to any of those properties, um, you know, for, you know, Captain Caveman's the one that, that I have the most nostalgia for, and it's just the backup in one of them. So, um, I don't, I don't know. I, I might get one. I might get one. Yeah, um, the nice but, thing is, even though the price is four ninety nine, it's they're forty eight page issues because those backups. So that's yeah, you're getting a, a little lot, bit more for your buck. That's true. Um, while we're in, we're on our sentimental journey. Um, it turns out, uh, Toys R Us is going to close all of its eight hundred stores nationwide. And uh, this saddens me, although I haven't been in a Toys R Us in probably five to ten years. But And that's why they're closing. <laughs> and that's probably why they're closing. Um, <laughs> it's my fault. Um, but, you know, as as a youngster, Toys R Us was a, um, a destination and a cool place to be and to check out, along with, along with KB Toys that used to be in malls and stuff. Those were pretty cool, and they're all gone now. So, um, bummer. Go internet, they will you missed. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that the biggest problem with Toys R Us was the the whole trend of going online, and they, I don't know if Toys R Us had a mentality of we're too big to fail, but they certainly didn't push themselves forward quick enough to stay with the trends, and I think that that was their biggest their biggest downfall. Um, for me, even being you know the youngest on this uh, podcast tonight. I still have great memories of going to Toys R Us. I remember that that was where I went to get all of my original Game Boy games. Uh, they had the wall of the paper slips, and you had to take the paper slip up to the front to check out, and then the checkout person had to call someone in the back, and you stood there for five minutes going, why can't I just get the game off the shelf? It would be so much easier. <laughs> but I remember that. I remember getting uh, my first non uh whatever the heck, uh, bike with training wheels. My first real huffy bike came from Toys R Us. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was and it was a big day when Mom and Dad took you to Toys R Us, no doubt about it. Yeah. So it's a it's sad, but at the same time, uh, Toys R Us is now also competing not just with Amazon, but a lot of those toys that you're getting are now becoming uh, Target exclusive or Walmart exclusive or even Walgreens exclusive. Uh, so they're, they're fighting competition beyond just Internet retailers. So... My True. best uh, memory of Toys R Us being uh, the, my first big super soaker came from Toys R Us. That was the oh. that was uh, a joy to pick from that gigantic rack, way more than the small things we had in our town. 
<laughs> Drew, do you have a favorite first memory of uh, of Toys R Us? No, uh, I, all our money was given to Kyle, so I didn't really get any any toys. Money well spent. So, well uh, spent. He, He'd let he'd let me play with the boxes, but that's about it. <laughs> he super soaked you while you were picking up that stick on the ground to try and yeah. turn into a sword. Yeah, yeah that was it. <laughs> um, well, uh, DC's getting excited about the bat and cat wedding that's coming up. So much so that they are going to do, I believe, five one shots leading up preludes leading up to it. Is that what I'm understanding? That is correct. Yes, there are five. Uh, they're going to be called Batman Prelude to the Wedding. And there's going to be five different books. All of them are going to be written by Tim Seeley. Uh, and then they're going to feature different artists for each one. And they're, let's see, what do we have? We have, uh, do, 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 scroll down farther. Uh, Robin vs. Rasha Ghoul, which is going to have art by Brad Walker and Drew Hennessy. Then we've got uh, Nightwing vs. Hush, which I think, uh, Kyle, oh, that's the yeah, one you're excited absolutely. about. Art by Travis Moore. Uh, Batgirl vs. The Riddler. Art by Minku Young, I'm going to say. Batman Prelude to the Wedding. Red Hood vs. Anarchy. Art by Javier Fernandez. And Harley Quinn vs. The Joker. I don't think anyone's going to want that book. Okay, so I want that one. I want (laughs) the Hush one. And I want the Damien one. Um, but so that's three of the five. Yep. So should I should go I get full, all five? Do I need the whole set? You got to get the whole set. Can't Correct. you can't cherry pick because they're worth more as a set. Okay, that that makes sense. I guess we can call it already and say that there's going to be a comics for fun and profit uh, bundle on all <laughs> of these. Absolutely, we'll go ahead and offer a deep discount on I like them. It. Okay, I like it. That's cool. Um, yeah, but wait, isn't, isn't, what issue is Batman on? Because 50 is the wedding, and it's right around the corner. It, it, you know, it's really funny, you were talking about Marvel kind of uh, uh, imitating DC, and now we've got the whole marriage going on with Marvel as well. Yeah, yeah, there's a, <laughs> there's a Colossus and uh, Rogue, is that who it is? No, Colossus and... Uh, Jean Grey. Jean Grey, Jean Grey, yeah. Whoever it is, but yeah, I thought that was funny. No, um, yeah, 50 is the wedding. I think that it's going to be, was it going to be May? Okay. May or June that that comes out. Let me check. Let's see here. I have the powers. And for those of you that are listening going, God, he runs a comic store. How come he doesn't know all this stuff? Let me tell you. There's a thousand books that come out each and every (laughs) month. Few billion things going on in my head. Uh, I think it's gonna be June. Gotcha. June. Yep. So yeah, that, that's gonna be an exciting few months there leading up to that, and I hope nothing derails it. I, you know, I've got there's a lot of naysayers out there that oh, this will never happen. They'll never let this let him get married. I hope they do. I hope they do. Can't he be happy for once? It's an awful lot of Just build let up. him be happy. Yeah. Just. The happy Batman, that would be kind of neat. That would be a change. So please let this happen. Um, I think we're ready to take a look at the sales numbers and see that both Kyle yeah, and I were wrong. We were. Um, uh, you want to lead us Share on that one, Comic-Con, I'm finding the top... 
300 essentially for February 2018. Uh, Drew and I were talking about how close everything was going to be to 100,000. You said neither would make it, no books would make it over 100,000. I said, give me the top two. And it turns out only one of them made it over the line. Yeah. Barely. Barely. No, the second one almost made it it too. Close. I, I guess. Horseshoes and handmaids. <laughs> so, 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 Dark Knight Rising: The Wild Hunt uh, does a hundred and one thousand copies uh, to retailers. We've got X Men Red at ninety eight thousand. So, yeah, we were both wrong. We probably should. One of us should have split the difference and went with one. If Eric was here, he could have went. He could have went with one on that one. Um, <laughs> Um, Batman at ninety, Batman forty at ninety five thousand, Batman forty one at ninety three thousand. Kyle, how close is that to last month's right Batman now. numbers? It, it's right, it's right on that. Batman is, uh, yeah. So Bat, Batman forty is five hundred forty three issues up, and Batman forty one is obviously sixteen hundred fifty two issues down from forty. So we went up a bit, and oh, forty one could end up. Uh, you know, as the end of year numbers were to come out, it could end up around that same amount because we're looking at end of the month reporting versus beginning of the month. So, gotcha. So they can be uh, added. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, another strong Walking Dead, seventy-seven thousand, and uh, is that up? It's down. Kyle, it was eighty-two thousand the previous month from the the big jump. Yep. So it, it's down about six oh. percent. Mm-hmm. Still, still very healthy. We've got Batman White Knight, also at seventy-seven thousand. Peter Parker comes in at rank seven at seventy-seven thousand. So, so a real cluster there uh, around seventy-seven thousand of those three, and then we drop precipitously to Star Wars at eight to fifty-six thousand. Uh, Infinity Countdown Prime did fifty-five thousand. And rounding out the top ten is Amazing Spider-Man seven ninety-six at fifty-five thousand, a value. Um, is that no? That didn't have any. That didn't have any Red Goblin in it, did it? Seven ninety six uh, was the start of when things yeah. started getting hot, and I think that that one is up to. Uh, is it a third printing? Uh, let me check. Yeah, that's yeah a people hot book. want it. And seven. So it was like seven ninety three. I think was like the first cameo or something. Is that, is that what it's being billed yeah, as? This is when people really started caring too. This was a big book. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the, the third printing is uh, due out on April 18th. So it, it's just going up, up, up. Ooh, and, uh, it's going to be a black and white. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. Those are good. So we're going in, we're, and we think we're going to get a quarter of a million for seven ninety eight. So it's going to take a, a heck of a jump without Speaking any coverage. Yeah, right? a heck of nope. a jump. We talked about Spectacular Spider-Man at number, rank 7 at 77,000. That's up. The previous issue was twenty eight thousand, so we jumped almost fifty thousand for that three hundredth issue. Legacy numbering, and then now off. that we've hit that big thing, we can just throw it in the trash for another hundred issues. <laughs> now it's pretty good. I like, I like it, it, but it's that's what Mar- so Marvel will do. Yes, yes, that's true. Um, I what else jumps out at you from this list? Any numbers that Thrawn are interesting? Just over fifty thousand. That's good. I like that. Let's see here. I like to uh, 
look at some of the smaller publishers. So I'm looking at Aftershock. Um, Cold War's first issue did 5,000 copies. Rough Riders, Ride or Die, that next volume did 3,000. Kind of DOA on that one. Um, Alters finished up uh, its run uh, with issue 10 and it went out with 1,500 copies. So um, some problems with getting the big numbers at Aftershock. I still love the stuff they're putting out. It's a really high quality. Wish more mm-hmm. people read this stuff. Yeah, we always include a bundle for Aftershock publishers. They are one of our favorite store publishers, so uh, that's that's one that we always try and provide as as close to uh, break even as we can for everybody because we definitely believe in what they're doing. They have amazing talent, um, just great product. The the actual physical books themselves are higher quality than a lot of ones out there, and yeah. the stories. I mean, just awesome. Yeah, I've been stories. close to all in on Aftershock the gu- and. I don't think a single book has, to any extreme, missed deadlines. I'm looking at you, Black Mask. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, Black Eyed Kids is one that um, was one of my favorites, and it was Joe Pruitt, who I think is also like one of the chiefs at uh, Aftershock, right? Yep, he's the chief creative officer, and it's it, yeah. A wonderful guy, and years in the industry, knows a lot of people, knows a lot of... Uh, a lot of great stories that have happened over probably the last 20 to 30 years in the industry. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, no, it's a great company. Uh, and that was a, gr- that was a great 15 issues of, of black, black eyed peas, black eyed peas, black First eyed appearance <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he, uh, and he, he killed his own book. He, you know, he, yeah. uh, being the chief guy, he could, he could run that thing forever if he wanted to. Um, yep. But he put it on the shelf. He maybe revisit it later, and uh, um, you know, make some room on on their printing schedule for some other things that might catch hold. So, uh, hats off. I think that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, and I, I'll just call out a couple of quick things. I think the um, I think the one of the first titles that they had out there was a completely under undervalued or underseen uh, book, and that was Dreaming Eagles by Garth Ennis. Yeah. And obviously we know Ennis is doing his uh, Jimmy's Bastards run right now in Aftershock, but in this current month's previews, there's another Ennis story coming out. And if you want anything to do with procedurals, war, history, there is no better writer in comics today for that kind of a mix. So Aftershock has, I mean, Aftershock's got Donnie Cates coming over to write a book. They've got Marguerite Bennett, Adam Glass, I mean, Cullen Bunn. These mm-hmm. are huge names. And they're all going to this, you know, tiny newer uh publisher which is just amazing speaking of garth ennis his his 26th issue of war stories is the sole entry in the top 500 we have 500 here listed um from avatar um i say that because i think next month we should have an appearance by my beloved crossed (laughs) that comes back um so i'm hoping uh that makes a splash because it's been gone for a while but war stories is still good Still mm-hmm. great, Ennis. Um, it's always some different war era, and they're all really cool three-issue arcs normally. Yep. Yeah, th- I think the other thing, too, that's interesting is I'm just looking at some of the DC. We had some of those New Age of Heroes coming out. Yeah. So they had the Terrifics launched at 45,000. Um, 
another new launch from DC, not in the same vein, though, is uh, Brave and the Bull, Batman, and Wonder Woman. That launched its first issue, 42,000. That was really good. Uh, let's see. We had Sideways, number one, at 35,000. So not too bad for initial launches on books that were intentionally delayed due to retailers asking for a couple of months breather with all the Dark Knight's Metal, with Doomsday Clock, uh, all those things going on. We asked if they could push them back a little bit, and they obliged and did that, which was... I think the How right the thing to do. turn out on those with those weird trifolds? The yeah. gatefold things? Um, the covers are kind of cool. I think it's one of those things where most people picking up one or two of the books are kind of going to be like, meh, whatever. Um, but the ones that are picking up all of them, you can kind of arrange them and make one big, large um, kind of connecting cover set. So... I don't know. As far as gimmicks go, I think it, for me personally, it was probably one of the weaker ones because it didn't Move really much, yeah. do much for me. But as far as damaged, yeah. were they were they well done? I was curious about whether it'd just be kind of a nightmare as far as easy to get torn. Uh, no, they were, they were pretty good. They didn't have too many. I don't think we really had any issues with those. The books that we tend to have the most issues with are... Um, uh, Marvel and then a lot of the main DC covers, uh, especially Marvel though, the the cover stock on it isn't the thickest, and so if there's either a printing error, which is usually the biggest cause for damages, uh, where it catches or there's scuffing, you really see it on those covers. But the gatefold ones were seem to be fine. Yeah, and and actual the actual damage was terrible. Don't read oh, that one. <laughs> <laughs> But well, from, but Terrific was pretty 000. good, and Sideways was pretty good so far. So damage was damaged, Terrific was terrific. I, I would like to say that, yes. Uh, from so. Image, we have Kick-Ass, uh, its first issue at 50,000, and Hit Girl down at 39,709. So respectable numbers from them. Curious to see what they go. And, of course, Hit Girl went immediately to a second print. I think Kick-Ass did as well. Uh, from Boom, Judas... Uh, three did forty seven hundred, and Kyle probably didn't order Judas four. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to throw that in there. He's got oh. he's got a good retailer yeah. that hooked him up. He's watching. My oh no way! Yes. <laughs> no, let him let him twist in the wind, man. Come on! <laughs> Holy crap! How how delayed is Cal Exit from Black Mask down at uh, two forty eight? Seventeen years. <laughs> Seventeen years. Wow, That's what it feels it, like. Thirty-five <laughs> weeks late. Uh, Holy moly! That's crazy. And, and Skyborn, the fifth <laughs> issue of Skyborn from Boom, came out at rank one ninety-nine, sold eight thousand copies. Frank Cho, it's beautiful, but it's got to be super delayed, right? Yeah, it's a little delayed. Swamp Thing Winter Special under thirty thousand for that one. That was the yeah. Lin-Wien. Was that the Lean Lin Wein? Last one yeah, it had a Len Wein story, and then it had was Tom it Tom King? Wein, was on King, too? Fabok, yeah. Jones, yeah. Madsen, yeah. and Anderson are on the front cover. It's sitting in front of me is how I know that. Yeah, one. that one. I got to be honest with you, that one kind of underwhelmed a little bit. I think of the eight dollar books that came out about the same time, that DC holiday special was much better. Yes, man. Fourth issue of. No, Tw- over 20,000 on just the reorder of Phoenix Resurrection 1. That would be the love of the yeah, art germ cover. That's awesome. 
If any of you are out there looking for the Archerm cover, please seek out Cowbunga Comics. They have a few. Was that a was that a variant? Oh, that was the A. Uh, yeah, the it was a. the A cover. Uh, was it A or was it open? I think it was an open order B been, cover. And then there was a Virgin variant as well. Marvel does open order variants. They no do hoops. when. Well, so that was the one where I'm I'm saying it was James that caused it. He actually sent an email to Marvel saying, "If you make this an open to order, we'll order a thousand. Well, technically, we ordered nine hundred ninety nine because somebody wanted the A cover of the of the <laughs> book, but we ordered uh, nine hundred ninety nine of the uh, variant, and they opened up that to open order, so it unlocked the thousand, and then they added the Virgin variant." With I think a little bit of a color touch difference to set. That's right. It was, um, a, it was an archer one. Green outfit, apart. red outfit. That's right. Right. So art germs can be had <laughs> for, for a pretty good deal. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's it's a book. It's a cover that you know it's going to be good for a long time for multiple reasons. One, it's an art germ. Two, it's a number one. Three, it's a female. We all know that, uh, like Art Germ, Adam Hughes, J. Scott Campbell, their females do better than their males or their uh, dual covers. It's just the way it plays out. Uh, so all those things lead to it being one of those great books where, you know, it's it's going to be a perpetual double or triple cover. It's probably not going to go ballistic because of the amount that are out there, but it's one of those ones where you can take and go, oh, yep, I'm gonna, this one's going to be a, a good, safe one to have. And, yeah, it's one you can take to shows and stuff and for years to come. You don't have to worry about it sitting and collecting right. dust mm-hmm. in the back room. That's a good idea. Right. Let's see. I was looking at one. What the heck was I looking at? Uh, oh, I remember. It was way down in the 3,000s. So, Drew, you and I are big fans of the uh, the Titan Comics Hardcase Crime books. Yes, yes. And... Uh, Real holding steady, Minky Woodcock, the girl who handcuffed Houdini. Third yeah. issues out, dropped 165 uh, copies, so went from 3,837 to 3,672. The people that are getting those books, they love them, and I I've been enjoying darn near all of them. Yeah, yeah, and even even Wink, Minky Woodcock didn't start very good for me, but it ended up ending really well. It was really cool how it um, played on real life history. It was really yeah. Um, a debut that I really enjoyed was Punk's Not Dead from IDW. Uh, its first issue uh, did 7,000 respectable copies, so uh, it's not too bad. A one a book that uh, from IDW that went off the rails for me was Kid Lobotomy. And it's fifth issue. I think other people uh, thinking the same thing. It's down to twenty eight hundred. Whoa! We talked about beef yeah, number one, didn't we? At one point, yeah, Se- just over seven thousand on that first issue. Yeah, and it's that a was really small good. Small run for that. It's a good one to have. Yeah, yeah, and you know, for for Starkings, he had a eighty issue run on Elephant Men, so. I know this is a mini, but you know he's got he's got some chops. And drew our Bloodborne, selling six thousand seven hundred and sixty-six copies. I'm going to toss mine yeah. two up uh, probably in the next couple of days. 
Yeah, don't sell them as cheap well, as that's I did. A, uh, 15's about the market. Fifteen Between 15 and 20 is about the market. Um, the real money is if you have uh, the set of all four, you can you can ask for 80 to 100. Yeah. Now, one of you guys, I think, got the Twisted Romance books, right? Yep, that was me. How were they? Uh, they were really good. Um, the one thing I, di- I didn't expect was there's a set of a prose essay in the middle of each of them. So you had like a really good short story at the beginning, a really good short story at the end, and then a long ass essay in the middle. And you got to be in the mood for that. Right. So I didn't even, I didn't read all of them. Uh, okay. Cause I, I skipped, th- I skipped through the essays on the first couple and then I ended up reading the essays and they were good. And I might end up going back and reading, rereading them. But uh, yeah, I, I, I thought they were really good. If you like stuff like Bitch Planet, um, or Bitch Planet Triple Feature, you know um, it had, yeah, uh, it, it had that kind of of sentiment to it. So, um, if you don't like that, you probably aren't gonna like this. And it was a weekly, if I remember yep. correctly, from when I was pulling them for you guys. All, um, all, all four, yeah, came out. This yeah. Month. Okay. And me and thirty five hundred people did it. So. That's right. Well, and you and 3,362 other people did Baby Badass, number one, which uh, was coming in at rank 334 from Action yep. Lab. Yep. And I just added the second <laughs> issue. <laughs> <laughs> so there'll probably be half of those people coming back for that one. And let's see, we had. Is that Postal a reprint Mark? on Days of Hate? What number? Uh, do, do, do. Which which number are you at? Four fifty two. That's that's reprint, right? Four fifty two. Yeah, reorder. Yeah. So a thousand copies of a of a second printing. That's that's not yeah. a lot of copies. So there's some definite value there, I think. <gasps> oh, down at four fifty nine. One of my favorite books. I have one of nine hundred twenty three copies of Jazz Maynard number one. That can't be. That can't be their first run. It that is the uh, the second volume. That's that is their. Uh, oh my goodness! That's a, that is criminal. It, it is good. I know you were reading the trade. I think of the first run, right? Yeah, yeah. I read the first trade. It was really good. Yeah. Hmm. What is any value to those? <laughs> Super, super I usually don't play uh, speculator with modern books, but hmm. So is our true believers book going to be uh, number one next month? As I see the other ones down here spread around. Oh, the yeah. ASM three hundred reprint, which is already going back for a yeah, second uh, those, print. Those a dollar book went back for a second printing within a week. Yeah, and it's going like to be orange or yellow. It's or gold. Something. It's yeah. going to be gold. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, it's selling great off the shelf. We brought in quite a few of them, and a lot of people are really happy to get it. I don't know if it's going to top the list, though. I'll have to think of what else is out there. Anything else in the numbers that jumps off the page for us? I'm looking for Moon Knight. He was up, he was up around a little bit. A little uh, bit of attrition with it, but not a ton, if I remember correctly. Um, toggling, One o- yeah, toggling, toggling. number 106 uh, uh, 20,923 down 581 copies he's not going to make it to 200 is he uh, I think he's got a great sporting chance 
eight more issues of attrition. He's, it'll be it'll it, the two hundredth issue will sell five thousand copies. <laughs> well, uh, the no. the nice thing the nice thing with Moon Knight is he's actually because of Lemire and Smallwood's run, he is actually. Uh, making a lot more of a presence more so than he ever has before or at least i should say in recent history and i think it's because the creative team on the previous run brought a lot of credibility to it and now you've got the uh is it burrows is that who's doing the art from avatar yep jason yep. burrows yeah and i and i think the art is actually resonating with a lot of people on that book and it's it's a nice package so you know 2.7 percent loss over a month Eh, that's negligible. I mean, that can be made up with one. That can be more than made up with a uh, with a cool cover or something like that. So, I don't think that there's anything to to sneeze at with the the Moon Knight being at twenty one thousand. Uh, but everything underneath it that I'm looking at is ending or canceled, or just starting. You've got one ten is Black Panther: Sound of Fury issue number one at twenty thousand. Okay, mini, right? mm Hmm. Um, you got cable. Was that ending? No, not the Spider Gwen is champions. Yeah, Spider Gwen is. Yep. Jessica Jones is. Gwenpool is. Uh, Tales of Suspense has only got a couple more issues left. Scarlet Spider. Yeah, Ben Riley down at fifteen thousand. Poor Lockjaw yeah. only sold fourteen thousand. Miss Marvel will run for eternity, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, and I think I think that's all scholastic and bookstore market keeping that thing going. Yep. I mean, which I'm fine with. Yeah. Yeah, Legion on issue two, Runaways on six, She Hulk one sixty two. I think you're yeah. good. Yeah. There's people running interference for you, Drew. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Black Hawkeye at twelve thousand. Nice man's ending. Hawkeye's ending. Just read the last issue of it. Ugh, there's a lot of stuff that Marvel would have canceled in any other era. I'm surprised they're still letting them Which go. is why Marvel's got a lot of number Th- ones coming out. Thanos is only selling 7,000 copies? It's so good. Yeah. Um, which number are you at? Just so I'm... 212. 212. That's reorder activity. Oh, okay. Yeah, Thanos is he's he's doing just fine, and uh, yeah, uh, issue thirteen, I want to say it is, is it's like forty five fifty dollar book. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, Thanos is selling uh, sixty three. Uh, let's see, yeah, it's number sixty three on the list, twenty nine thousand eight hundred six. So one of the hottest books right now out there is only eight thousand copies, nine thousand copies more than uh, Moon Knight. Yeah, you're doing fine. <laughs> doing fine. Doing you fine. just got to just got to have a cosmic Ghost Rider uh, appearance in Moon Knight. I think that's the key. You you're go. right about that. <laughs> or Red Goblin, one of the two. Or a team up. There you go. Take that Marvel two-in-one concept and keep it going. Anything else in the numbers, guys? I think I'm good. I think All that's right, it let's for take me. this conversation over to previewsworld.com. We'll click on upcoming or click on new releases, and I, now we're going to do oh, FOC. Oh, that's right. We got FOC. Never mind. We've got the final order and, cut uh, off. Eric's going to drive yeah. on this one. 
All right. Can you guys We're see good. the screen? I can. Fantastic. So, uh, should we start where you always like to start <laughs> in Dark Horse? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's, honestly, there's not much for me here. Although, that's more for me. I'm a Michael Chabon fan, and there's a Golden Age superhero, the escapist master of illusion, that now, uh, trade paperback that might be good. Didn't um, Brian K. Vaughn do a run of Escapist? Yeah. I, I have a few of those. I've never been able to f- get it complete. To, so I've been waiting to get that last one that I need so I can read it. Um, but that's one of the few Brian K. Vaughns I haven't read. Mobius fans, there's a Mobius Library Inside Mobius Hardcover Volume 2. I know there's a few of those out there. Y'all's last chance to get action comics. Right? Thanks, go on. Let me do this real quick. The Diamond site's been acting kind of funky, so for whatever reason, some of the covers may not want to pop up tonight. But anyways, uh, jumping into DC, we've got all of the action 1,000 goodies. We've got the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s variants. Um, all sorts of good stuff there. $8 book, that's kind of the the pain point, but... But yeah, it's a seminal. It's a seminal number. First ever one thousand right. issue I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's got a mix of stories from different folks in it, which is awesome too. What's the uh, get that that Batgirl twenty one B cover? Yeah, the Diamond Sight, of course. Just when we want to try and do something fun, the Diamond Sight has to take a crap on us. It was working just fine before. Try and pull it up again. Figures. No, no dice. We can no go dice. Back. We can go back to the. Um... Uh, why don't we look at the peak and we'll see if Diamonds uh, figured out how to reset their server and we'll <laughs> try it again Revisit after. It. Yeah, Kyle, take All it away. Right, let's go on into our sneak peek. Like I said, we'll head over to previousworld.com. Click on new releases. We're gonna scroll through March twenty fourth, two thousand and eighteen. See what's coming out in your local comic book shops this coming Wednesday. So let's start where we just absolutely love to start. Let's start in Dark Horse. Where we love to start. (laughs) Everywhere we love to (laughs) We love to start. We love to start in Dark Horse. Um, Now, Harrow County, this is the 29th issue, and I believe it's uh, done at 30. So we would call that a penultimate here at CFAP, (laughs) C4FAP, and... uh, uh, it's been it's been a fun run. Hats off to to Colin Bunn on this, and uh, um, I'm excited to uh, see how it ends up. Vinegar Teeth Three, Drew, you you sticking with it? Oh no, no, I I got about halfway through the first issue and said this is not for me, and uh, didn't even finish it. Hmm. Department H, flying along. If I remember correctly, we just looked at Matahari's numbers for last month. Uh, quite, not, a, not a big seller there. Yeah, I think there is something wrong with the Diamond site because none of my pre, my my covers nope. are loading. Are you having any problem? <laughs> oh yeah. 
So it's not just on your end, Eric. It's also on mine. Oh, believe me, we know whose end it's on. <laughs> <laughs> I should. I, I will be freely honest. This happened earlier this morning. There was a an outage with their with their site. So we won't be able to see a lot of these pretty covers. It doesn't look like, but um, I was interested. Usagi in... Ojimbo. We got a jumping on point for you, and you you did explain uh, have some interest in the last set of it, didn't you? Um, yeah, this is the first time I think it's like. Uh, I mean, I've been reading the ongoing, and I, this is the first time he's done a like a mini series for Usagi, I think. Um, I so believe you are correct. A seven issue miniseries, so hmm. anything else in Dark Horse? Well no. we will slog through and we will guess at B covers for DC. That is a bummer. I can't read anything. I'm still on the Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles bandwagon, five of six. I'm getting both cover A and B on those. Well, the, the good thing is you won't have to listen to me listen to us read a solicit because I can't open any of them up. <laughs> oh, let's see here. Of course, we know Cho's doing the Harley Quinn B cover. We know Night right. 41 is going to be uh, unimpressive on the B cover. So that's an easy one there. <laughs> uh, Second printing of Swamp Thing Winter Special, I believe, if I remember correctly, that is simply a a uh, recoloring of the original first cover. The aforementioned Super Sons. Uh, is, for, what, is it ending at 15? Is that what we think? We don't uh, know. We don't know. Let's see. I can't remember if it was 15 or what. It's soon. But probably, I, I guess if a trade is 6, it's probably yeah. going to be 18. That's what I was going to say. I thought I had 18 stuck in my mind, but... Yeah, that makes the most sense. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all we can really get out of that without the ability to dig deeper. Let's head on down and see what IDW has for us. More Angry Birds, more Dungeons & Dragons. Another Punk's Not Dead, second issue. Should be good. I'm excited. Spider King, I don't remember reading that first Spider King. Did anybody read that mm -mm. from IDW? No. Nope. Nothing there. Uh, Gears of War Rise of Rom on issue three. All right. That's about all I got in IDW. Let's see what's in Image. Uh, am I the only one reading Dark yes. Fang from Image? Uh, it's It's been fun. Um, fifth issue's out. Death of Love, I think I, I'm trying to think of, is that uh, your boy, Justin Jordan? Yes, 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 it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Outcast on 34. Yeah, so cranking along. Ice Cream Man, it's third issue, along with the second printing of issue two. Yep. That's turned into... From issue one to issue two was a a pretty cool transition and kind of you kind of see where the where the series going is going to go and I really like it a lot more now after reading the second issue. Oh, very cool. Um, uh, it's kind of like almost a 
Tales from the Crypt, Twilight Zone type thing where the ice cream man in the truck is kind of the connecting thread, but it's different stories and, and at least at least through the first two issues. I don't, I don't know if they'll revisit that original story or not, but um, I thought it was really good. They've been creepy covers, that's for sure. Yeah. Killer Be Killed with its 17th issue. Do we know an end in sight for this? What the number is? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's and it's been, been options, so I imagine they're t- going to keep going until uh, they figure out what's going on there. It yeah, it, t- right. it, it took a real turn last issue, so um, I'm psyched for this one. See what's going on. Azarella puts out another moonshine. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. been a while with the Virgin cover. Now, Monstrous is one I I tried to read again because it's so it's such critical acclaim. Still high? I should sell so, that. You should. Um, and I went back and and read that first trade, and uh, I think I liked it a little better than I liked it before. I don't know if it's must read for me, but it, I, I did give it another shot, and it's um, I can see I can see the appeal. Yeah, I like it. the The art is just breathtaking. Yeah. <coughs> we have an outcast sighting. Yeah, was it thirty? Yep, 34. My Stray Bullets, uh, David Latham's book, is on 33. And uh, I think it ends. I think it's going to end every every time. It looks like it's going to end, and then they just keep cranking them out. So um, a lot of good stopping points on these issues, uh, but they, they just keep trucking along. It's It's pretty cool. You read the new Rumble? I, I'm more. Uh, no, I'm not. I still like it, but yeah, I've just it, haven't got to it yet. Now, are those uh, Walking Dead bobbleheads? What are those? Uh, those are. You got two action figures, and then two packs of action figures. Yeah, they're action figures. I don't think that those are pops. So, like they're just straight up action figures, six or eight inch action figures. So some are just regular and some are bloody? And does yeah. that depend on the retailer that will carry them? Uh, they look like independently orderable ones, so if your retailer gets those, it should be whatever they would normally order. If they order the just the straight up color regular ones, you'll get that, or if they tend to order a little bit of a mix, you might get a mix. But, but what's the why why are there two markets is is it because of you know nobody wants to see like a more conservative store wouldn't have bloody characters but would order the other one is that it or is it is there actually a market to have a regular one and a bloody one there are collectors <laughs> out there that want those I think there's a completionist mentality that will drive people to buy both, and I think that the other part of it is they can they can produce both and sell both, so they will. Um, they probably could have made it a two-pack and just been able to interchange pieces, but they make more money this way. Hmm. Interesting. That's all I had from Image. Yeah, a lot of stuff coming out from Image this week, though. Big week from Image. 
All right, let's head on down and see what Marvel has for us. Uh, we've got the uh, second printing for seven ninety six ASM. Yep. And Avengers has been doing some stuff, um, sticking some characters in there. We had uh, Ultimate Hulk last week. Uh, Six eighty three had the uh, the Hawkeye head yep. random yeah, right. swap of roughly one and seven. So I'm curious what's going but on. But they didn't do one. that the next week, right? Huh. Correct. They haven't done it for the two subsequents. Or at least, well, I shouldn't say that. We haven't seen 685 yet, but they did not do it for the Hulk. We've got uh, Thor 705 with some Art Germ variant covers. Are those yep. uh, one in ten? What, what is the... You know, I would tell you for certain... If I could open up the stinking diamond page, but diamond really knows how to kill a party. So let me see if I can find it through another means, because I think I have another way. uh, This is, and this is the one, this could be it, right? This could be an actual death. 705. Could be. Is that right? We'll never know because we are reliant on technology and our technology is failing us. Curse you, Diamond. I mean, don't they know right. I re- we record on Friday nights and they need to have this thing tip top? Or maybe they could, you know, I'm sorry. I work in the tech industry, so my <laughs> mind goes, gosh, this is easy to prevent. It's called a failback. Not like they're the only business that actually handles this stuff. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. we're stuck. January one eight oh eight nine one. So yeah, we could get a death in seven oh five. We are nearing the end of Jason Aaron's run, so yeah, it's like it's got to be like seven oh five, seven oh six. Good looking book, though, man. And Eric has uh, attached the order code to a carrier pigeon and has sent it out for information. <laughs> we'll return. <laughs> All right. We have an art germ. We have a Ribic. We have a Hyung. Got a standard. And then they added that art germ virgin on yeah, later. So it looks like the, 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 uh, the art germ regular is, uh, like it's pre-selling online for four bucks. So it looks like it's just an open order, and then I'm not sure what the the ratio is on the virgin. Yeah, those virgins That's are expensive. I I get you every time. Thanos seventeen. Um, I think this is must read. The it, it's really been fantastic writing. A new a cool new character. We got a get his backstory it's been fun um, who knows what 17 has to within its pages but it could be something really cool because everything else has been really cool so um this you got to get this you got to be reading this of course weapon h number one so weapon h starting its own book five bucks wait a minute Oh, it's Weapon X. Yeah, we did Weapon X. X. Now we have Weapon H, specifically. That's the Hulk, all right. 
And these are, these True Believers Venoms are Dark Origin and Flashpoint. Okay. Not as, not as collectible yeah, not as some, some of the other ones. Venom. Star Wars. Star Dollar Wars. Is that an issue? 45. Not crazy. My carrier pigeon came back. <laughs> okay. I don't know what the Virgin is because that came in late, but I know the young ver- the young variant on Mighty Thor uh, 705 is a wow. 1 in 50. Wow. Now, these X-Men Golds um, were ramping up to a wedding issue. Uh, do we just pop in on the wedding... Or do we? Is there anything going to be leading up to this? A la the proposal that we should be looking out for in it, in the pages of these X Men Golds as we lead up to that. Well, I can read the Thalithit, provided I can get to the right line. Thank you, Diamond, again. Uh, one eight zero nine nine three one eight zero nine nine three. And Drew, you didn't think you'd be able to read solicits. <laughs> Can't go without that. Jeez, cruel and unusual part two. The new X Men Gold are doing their best to protect people from the likes of the Shredded Man and other battles, but pretty soon a threat bigger than they can imagine will be on their doorstep. Something has survived the negative zone and it wants revenge. Rate a team plus. No, no wedding tie-in. What is Iron Man's Hong Kong Heroes? I don't, I don't remember it from a solicit. Is the biggest thing. I'm just like, huh? I don't even remember seeing that. No, I don't either. Um, I remember reading that. Uh, nine oh eight. All right. Let me just. It's easier if I just go to the fact. Sorry if you can hear me flicking my mouse in the background. All right. Is this one 906 is the legacy, and then 907 and 908 are the variants. Are you scrolling through a um, a, a, a spreadsheet? Sure is. <laughs> <laughs> so All right. lines and lines and lines of, of and columns and rows. Oh, my goodness. The Marvel Universe story of Disney's newest and coolest attraction, Stark Expo Hong Kong. The place to unveil the latest and greatest in cutting-edge technology. But even as Tony Stark and Wendy Wong introduce the newest futuristic tech in the Stark Emergency Response exosuit, an evil from the past strikes. The sinister Baron Mordo has teamed up with Arnim Zola in a diabolical merging of next-gen technology and ancient dark magic. It'll take a titanic team-up of Avengers to protect the expo, but who will wear the prototype exosuit? And will it be enough to fend off this lethally evil force? Featuring... Captain America, Black Widow, Hulk, Black Panther, and the introduction of an all-new armored hero. Mm. You won't want to miss this one. Rated Team Plus. Okay. I I vaguely remember that that solicit from previous. Do we want now. to see an all-new armored hero? Oh, man. Do we need no. another one? Well, we've gone at least, what, four months yeah. without one? Yeah. Without a new one? But we probably don't need a Red Goblin either. <laughs> Yeah, but that's kind of cool. Or a Cosmic Ghost Rider, but we got them, and they're mm. cool. I don't know. I think... Might be I, something there. I am I think I'm going to go out and pick up... I can't decide whether I need to pick up some of the Ironheart series, the first ones of that on uh, Iron Man, because I'm, I'm trying to figure out 
what they're going to do in the MCU universe. I have this weird sneaking suspicion they're going to kill off Tony Stark and replace him with uh, T'Challa's sister in kind of a uh, reinterpretation of the Riri Williams storyline. So wow. Kind of that would be I'm, cool. I'm just, from looking at trailers and thinking they're going to do something big in the Infinity War, Infinity Gauntlet uh, movie, I'm trying to figure out how that ties back into that. And that's kind of what I'm looking at right now. What's What's the first well, appearance of Riri but, running yeah, now? I mean, it's a different character, but bucks. I think they're going to kind of take the spirit of that Iron Heart thing. Well, and you've got uh, Robert Downey Jr. His movie contract's coming up here pretty mm-hmm. quick, I think, isn't it? To be f- finished with his nine yeah. films or whatever. And then you can have him, if he wants to stay on, he can just essentially be, isn't he essentially AI now? Or he can? He had a storyline where he was just Jarvis? Yeah, he, yeah he's, he he's can just AI. do that. They've, well, he's back. I mean, they yeah. found him. So he's around again. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, man. Cancel my pre-order. But that's, that's just something <laughs> yeah. from, from looking at the different Iron Man stuff. That's just something specking around because the, the uh, Infinity Stone or Infinity War trailer is on my mind. So somebody's got to die, and I'm trying to figure out how and why. Somebody's yeah, die? I'm sure they're going to kill Loki, and it's either going to be Cap or Iron Man's got to die too. I think. Yeah. No way. Just because the the actors are just because over? we haven't killed anybody. All right. Or maybe maybe I read too much Walking Dead. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they will kill anybody. That'd be yeah, they're neat, killing. Though. They're killing somebody. I think it's Iron Man. I don't know. All right. Anything else in Marvel? Sorry to take us off on a tangent. Let's head out to the smaller publishers, our our Archies, our Onis, our Booms. This is all Eric because I can't, I don't know anything about any of these because I didn't do any research. Of course, Baby Teeth <laughs> 9 we know as uh, Aftershock. Yep. Let's see here. So, uh, yeah, Archie is obviously Archie. Baby Teeth is Aftershock. Barbarella is Dynamite. I can't remember Lucy dreaming. Um, Squarriors. There's a Squarriors. It's that's been out. That's been a long time coming. Um, the third issue of that. I have no idea what's going on in the story anymore. But it's uh, Ashley Witter and Ash Masco, and um, it's a beautiful, beautiful comic to look at. Yeah. Um, but I I can't remember. You didn't get a preview of that one? Story. It's been so long. Yeah. I did. Well, not a whole lot back here, actually. <laughs> Quantum and Woody on four. Young girl. Okay, so. I do know the contents of Jungle Fantasy Survivors. <laughs> no, exactly, I know exactly what's in those. <laughs> How are those, Drew? Are they good? Oh, man. Shakespeare. Real rich character development? <laughs> yep. yep. Pathfinder Spiral of yeah, Bones, too. number one. What? Uh, I, I'm not sure. The only thing that, that intrigues me is I see a cover B and I see the name Lau. That's just what I, I'm. I'm unaware if that's a a missed art germ or not. 
Or if it's a Johnny well, Lau. Let's look. <laughs> Jonathan Lau. Jonathan Lau. Yep. Good lord. Diamond, you're a killer. We're in trouble, fellas. We're in trouble. This is a... Uh... This is gonna be a tough. Well, tough luckily, sneak. I think we've given enough information on other things that this we can we can give a subpar sneak and still be okay. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the, the the listeners got their money's yeah, worth yeah. for sure, but it's not up to our <laughs> usual um, uh, in-depth analysis of. of All what's right. Coming. Is there anything that stuck out to any of our minds as uh, kind of the big books this week, even as we uh, struggle through? <gasps> This is a little bit late, but I did find a site that we can look up covers on. Here's what I'm going to do. Uh, Eric, mm. I think that should be <laughs> Put that there, just in case you want to check a cover. Um, Let's see. What's the pickup? <laughs> I mean, keep keep doing Batman now. In anticipation for the uh, the wedding, or oh yeah, you got to get all of these. You gotta make yeah, sure you're a, you've got to be I all. In. If you're not obvious. doing Batman, start yeah. now and be all in through the wedding. Yeah, yeah, and I, I I'm kicking myself for not hitting A and B covers on them. That oh, that's that from our FOC stuff. That is the one that everybody should be aware of. Um, even though we're jumping out of the what's coming out to the FOC, but the uh, the Batman was it forty four Drew I think was the one that we saw that they originally were going to have a tiered system for the covers for A and B where the Batman cover with him and the Tux uh, was yeah. going to be uh, it was a seventy thirty or sixty forty or something like that, but it was a tiered one and they've since changed that so it is open to order for the B to get the Catwoman in her wedding gown, um, so that's. That's one where people want to pick up sets. I think that that would be something from an FOC standpoint to be aware of. So that was 42? We just had 43 come out next week, so we're talking 44. Yep. Oh, okay, 44. Yeah. So 44, there is a cover A of Batman looking in the mirror at... Or Bruce in, in looking in the mirror at Batman and Selina looking in the mirror at Catwoman that are now open to order. You want both of them. You don't just want one of them. And a lot of people are going to miss out on Catwoman. So that that's the FOC thing. That's not the spec yeah. pick for next week. So those of you that are going asking for Batman 44 are going to be sorely mistaken. Yeah, it's 43 this week. So but two just an FYI now. for uh, two weeks from now or whatnot. Yes. Yep. Um. So if we do, if we're doing our picks, I am going to go with Thanos. Yeah. Because I have a feeling, I have a feeling there's something in it that's going to make it hot. Because most of these have been hot. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna roll the dice on Thanos, even though I can't read the freaking solicit. <laughs> um, Would you like me to? Sure. Okay. Let me see here. Let me just well, pull this this hair thing. Ooh, that's a striking cover, let me tell you. Whew. Thanos wins part five. Uh, all right. It's in the Skypes for you to look at the cover. It is Thanos and his future self take on the most powerful opposition his reign left in the universe. Norrin Rad. 
Can even two Thanoses crack his cosmic shell? Parental advisory. Why is it why is it eight dollars? Oh, that's the, this site. This site has it for eight dollars. Yeah, it's three ninety nine. Okay. I don't know who these jokers are kidding, but Norrin Rad. Norrin Rad, Silver yeah. Surfer. Yeah. <sighs> that's gonna be good. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's been it's been great. I mean, there's I think most of my picks would be in Marvel. They've definitely been the hot one. Avengers six eighty five. Yeah. yeah, that's mine. Is that Mighty other Thor variant on Mighty Thor seven hundred five? And we're gonna hope, we're not hoping for death. Maybe we're hoping something big happens. Yeah, and I'm curious now about um, the Iron Man that you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Do we even have an image number one? No, there's no there's no number ones from Image this this month. Or I'm sorry, this week. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, I don't think that the the Virgin covers are really gonna move the needle. I mean, they're going to be really cool, but I don't know if they're going to... They're not going to drive traffic to the shops, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, the Usagi Ojimbo one, but I don't know how well that's going to... Hmm. Yeah, I think Marvel's the place to be looking right now for yeah. your spec money. So, make sure you're checking Thanos. Make sure you're checking Avengers. Um, uh, pick up the Iron... Man book, flip through, <laughs> see what this new person's looks like. Yeah, yeah, pull it off the shelf. They love that, right, Eric? They love that at retailers when you read the books right there in the shop. I've I've just become ignorant to it. <laughs> and uh, Weapon H, I, I got no, you know, we've already seen the first appearance of that character, but uh, they might be doing something cool in it, so I'm curious to see where they go with it. That thing level off, off. is still hot, the first appearance. Yeah, you can still make money off it if you got one, but it's it's it doesn't appear to be continuing to go up necessarily. Well, because it's March, we came in with like a lion on this show, and we're going out like a lamb. Take us home, Kyle. <laughs> All right, I want to thank you guys for listening to Comics for Fun and Profit. Thank you for following Drew, Eric, and myself as we ran through comics originally coming out March 21st, 2018. We're going to tell you guys to do a little of your own homework. Unfortunately, we are behind an eight ball this evening with uh, Diamond Solicited Items. So we've got a few ideas out there for you. We've given you a whole lot of information on the upcoming worlds in our comic books, um, some of the neat stuff to look forward to, some deals out there, and... Uh, all kinds of stuff. So we want to thank you guys once again. Of course, you can reach Drew or myself through the Comics for Fun and Profit, either on our our Facebooks, our Twitters, or through the site. Send us a Gmail. And, of course, Cow, or, uh, Eric can be reached at Cowabunka Comics online. So for Eric, Drew, and myself, see ya. <laughs>